to the Paul McGuire report on Paul McGuire. We're going to talk about quantum physics on today's program. And quantum physics, the term should not be perceived as something as very esoteric, mystical, or or part of some uh, far-out branch of physics. So if your mind is going in the direction of processing some Himalayan mountain of consciousness and uh, science, that's not what quantum physics, quantum mechanics is, or or uh, string theory. Now, I want to bring this up because, as many of you know, that for an entire year, now, I didn't stop doing the things that I normally do, uh, participating, being active, <clears throat> involved, teaching the Word, evangelizing, communicating a biblical worldview, being a husband and a father, etc., etc., or, nor did I disengage from society or, or the culture. But having said that, uh, the Lord called me to uh, set myself apart, seek him with, with a deeper uh, passion and commitment than ever before. And this is what prompted it. What prompted it was, it became apparent to me in the middle of the COVID pandemic crisis, it became apparent to me as I continued to study economics and, and recognized that our entire global economic system is controlled and owned by a very uh, small network of trillionaires who essentially operate through uh, companies like Vanguard and BlackRock. And Vanguard and BlackRock control all the other financial and industrial and tech companies. They control the world. BlackRock and Vanguard control the world. Now, in my book, the greatest battle for the hearts and minds of mankind in the history of the world. Um, I build the way the books are intended to be read is in what is called the Founders series. So, for example, I'm the founder of the ministry Paul McGuire uh, Ministries. I'm the, the founder of the ministry uh, Paradise Mountain Church International. Um, I'm the author and founder of the uh, uh, communications, apologetics, evangelism ministry uh, that reaches the world through books and media and film and all kinds of uh, network stuff, history channel stuff, and so on and so forth. So in the middle of all that, I, I devote time to researching, and I have to research uh, at a dizzying speed or, or rate, because everything that you know, that you and I know about reality is radically changing day by day and month by month. And most specifically, what's changing day by day and month by month is our collective understanding, our collective scientific knowledge of this reality. It's not so much that reality is changing. What's, what's really changing at hyperspeed is our ability to scientifically, scientifically and, and technologically understand our reality by all these uh, continuing breakthroughs, for example, in physics like quantum physics or quantum mechanics or DNA or genetics or whatever field you happen to delve into, uh, most likely those fields, if they're cutting-edge fields of science, 
is on a rocket ride of dispensing explosive and brand new information. And you have to keep up with it because it radically affects your life and the culture and our world. So uh, <clears throat> the, the name of the game is not get navigating through the baloney. And, and that takes a certain amount of art and a certain amount of skill and a certain amount of uh, humility and a certain amount of uh, sense of humor. Because you see, if you take yourself too seriously, then you're going to say, well, I'm, you know, I'm a genius and blah, 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 blah. And the point is, you're not any more of a genius than anybody else. You've just got an opportunity to, to use your cerebral talent. And so the, the critical thing here is keeping pace with all the scientific and technological breakthroughs. So, for example, we have a global pandemic. Well, this is not just about a global pandemic, and anybody who thinks this is just about a global pandemic doesn't have anything to offer, probably shouldn't participate in public debates or voting, et cetera, et cetera. And whatever they do, whatever this individual does, they ought to piously keep their mouth shut, and whatever they do, they should not be advising the body of Christ and telling the body of Christ counsel in the areas of vaccinations and the pandemics. And, you know, uh, I'm going to tell the truth here, and I usually tell the truth, but it has to do with an individual that I'm not going to name for the sake of diplomacy, but, I, but you would know who he is. Uh, I, think, I think he means well. I think the Lord uses him, especially in the area of evangelism. but. The problem is, he is not qualified to be getting on the biggest national media, TV programs in the world and telling people as if he was a medical doctor, as if he was an expert in vaccines, as if he was a medical scientist, which he's not. He has no qualifications at all in medical science and medical research. Therefore, he should not be giving advice. He should not be giving medical advice and medical opinions to the body of Christ at large. I think it is very, very irresponsible for him to get up on the platforms that God has given him uh, and tell God's people what they should do regarding the vaccination or what they should, you know, what they should do or what they shouldn't do. Very irresponsible because the the potential outcomes could be possibly life and death matters. Life and death matters. Now, I'm not saying this to say, well, gee, look how spiritual I am. Look how pious I am. I'm saying this because it, it, I think it's tragic uh, how gullible so many Christians are and how, how, how much they're into idol worshiping. And they just follow somebody because their father was famous or whatever. And, and here's the thing. That man, I'm not saying he's a bad man. I'm, I'm telling you, I believe he loves the Lord, that God uses him. But he has no business in playing outside of his sandbox and no business inviting, advising the body of Christ on uh, pandemics, vaccinations, and things of that nature. He ought to be quiet. Now, in the same way, as you know, on a regular basis, I do not give out and I've stated this countless times in the Paul McGuire Report, I do not give out medical advice, medical research, 
of any kind, whether it's people wanting to know my opinion or medical perspective or scientific perspective on the vaccine or vaccination, uh, or if it's something else. I don't offer up my opinion. Why? Because we need to have a humble perspective of ourselves. And the fact of the matter is, I am not trained as a physician, as a medical doctor. Um, I have no medical degrees uh, of any kind. My area of expertise is not in the area of being a medical doctor and the treatment of viruses and diseases, et cetera, et cetera. And, And even if you are in that field and are a Christian, and even if that's your specialty, you would have to be one of those rare doctors who spends an enormous amount of time keeping up to speed, researching, and and digesting the latest information, data, and content on what is happening to people who got the vaccine, the vaccination, and the pandemic, etc. Okay? So what I'm saying in summary is there is an Achilles heel, and there's been an Achilles heel in the Christian community for as long as I have been a Christian. And that... uh, um, that fault line in, in the Christian culture can be summed up in the word idolatry. Whenever we worship anything else but Jesus Christ as our Lord, whenever, I don't care how well-meaning you are, or how, how what a great man of God this guy's father is or was, you do not have the right, biblically, to advise people on life and death matters, such as the pandemic, vaccinations, uh, and 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 things like isolation and all the other very 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 cutting edge and specialized fields of medicine. So he was out of order in giving people advice when he said you need to go out and do such and such. That's completely off the wall. What if the people who did such and such? I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm not saying it did happen. But when you're giving people advice based on the fact that you have no knowledge about the subject, you are spiritually and potentially otherwise liable for whatever happens to them. So think of all the trusting parents and trusting Christian teachers and and trusting Christian ministers, etc., who make the assumption, a false assumption, that, that God has spoken to this Christian leader, or this Christian leader, you know, has met with the best and the brightest, um, the best and the brightest uh, experts on vaccinations and pandemics, etc. They just speak because this is what people do. They assume because you're famous and your father was famous and your, your name is a household name, you make a whole series of assumptions based on that extremely fragile and weak foundation. You make the assumption that this person must really know the facts about the vaccination, etc., etc. No pun intended, but the fact of the matter is they know nothing or if they know nothing, they don't know any more than you you know. And because they don't know any more than you know, they have no right, ethically, morally, before the Lord Jesus Christ, they have no right to, to dispense medical advice or an opinion. And if, if, and if they're going to be so foolish enough to do that, then they need to give a disclaimer and say, you know, I have no medical qualifications. I'm giving you my opinion. And since the person has no training, their opinion uh, in, in the market of medical research has very little value. So what this comes back to is the propensity in the Christian culture 
to worship famous men and women of God, to worship the children and the grandchildren of famous men and women of God, to worship them, to praise them, to see them as kind of junior messiahs, uh, junior, uh, you know, anointed ones. And they confer all this godlike status upon them. Now, when you idolatry, when you practice idolatry by worshiping men and women, just because their parents were famous in the body of Christ, you are stepping way out of line, and you're committing the sin of idolatry. You're committing the sin of uh, uh, breaking God's commandments because you are worshiping a man as if that man or woman was God. So this is important because we're dealing with life and death matters. And the, the, the most honest thing that anybody should be saying to you, the most honest thing that people should be saying to you, except for, the, for people who practice medicine in that rarefied field that just happens to specialize in things like mRNA, uh, genetics, epigenetics, vaccinations, etc., etc. In that very exclusive and rarefied field in the practice of medicine, uh, where, where people devote their lives to studying vaccinations and all those things, that medical professional has the right to, in a limited sense, offer, a, offer their opinion, because at least but they need to call it their opinion, and they need to use the disclaimer that it is their opinion. So that's where we stand with that. And when you make the decision to commit idolatry by seeking the counsel and the wisdom of Christian leaders instead of God or people who are truly experts in a particular field, uh, you are committing the sin of idolatry, and as such, you are opening your family up to potentially great harm, danger, and even death because you have refused the knowledge of God, you have resisted Sound wisdom. And what is sound wisdom? Sound wisdom is using your brain and going to men and women who are qualified, trained, to offer up a sound medical opinion. Really simple. Not because the, the guy's father was famous. So, again, I'm not mentioning his name on purpose, but think of, I wouldn't want on my conscience the deaths of people, if, if indeed that happens. I'm not, I'm not even making a prognostication that, that that is happening. I'm not telling you that that's happening. Please understand what I'm really saying, not what you think I'm saying. But I don't offer up an opinion, and then, you know, people start to die because they followed my opinion, because I didn't have a medical or ethical or moral or, or right before God to, to offer up such opinions, because I'm not qualified and trained in those specific rarefied fields. And so the Christian culture, I noticed this when I was first saved. I noticed when I first was saved, uh, I noticed in terms of the inner culture, the inner society of the Christian culture, the way it behaved, the way it acted. And here are my observations as to why the Christian culture acts the way it acts, behaves the way it behaves. And none of it is biblical. And none of it, in the final analysis, is godly. It's idolatrous. So let me just bullet point a few issues. In the Christian culture, if somebody is famous because they're an author, 
uh, a movie star, a TV star, uh, you know, famous for any reason. If they're famous in the world, which means if they're famous in the secular society for whatever reason, good, the bad, and the ugly, the Christian culture will worship you as if you are a deity. They will worship you as if you are a god, small g, and they will give your advice, your opinions, your directives. They will treat them as if they are the edicts of God. And this gets the Christian culture repetitively into big trouble, because none of these people are God. They're just people like you and me. And it is, a, it is an egregious sin to treat your, your regular brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ as if they were gods when they're not. So that's number one. Number two is, I learned in the Christian culture that this rule applies above just about any other rule. If you have achieved worldly or secular success uh, because of your testimony, even if it's a testimony of scandal and how you used to be a mobster or a madam uh, in a house of prostitution with superstar you know, clients, if you have fame and you're famous in secular society, and even if that fame is based on, uh, even if it's based on criminal activity, the Christian culture will confer upon you this royal crown, this royal title, and they will make you and treat you as if you were royalty and elevate everything you have to say and follow your advice. Now, conversely, there's a parallel rule in the Christian culture, which goes like this. The parallel rule in the Christian culture is that if you uh, receive notoriety or fame for whatever reason, and you're famous even if it's for, for doing bad things, you will, you will be worshipped. You will, they, people will just automatically assume you have a supernatural anointing of the Holy Spirit. They will assume that you have uh, a very high level of Christian maturity and Bible study, far higher than you do in, in, in real life, because the Christian culture is making the uh, mistaken assumption that just because you have worldly fame, uh, that that means you have spiritual power and maturity. And that's not true. One has nothing to do with the other. So, what we have to realize is we have to stop. And this goes for pastors. I remember when I was a promoter and producer of contemporary Christian music concerts at the, at the, at the Lambs Club on Times Square in New York City. And I was the host, the producer, and a bunch of other things. And I would get on stage uh, every week usually Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and there would be several thousand people in the audience, and we would fly in the biggest names in contemporary Christian music to minister to the people. And I, too, was responsible for preaching the Word of God to the people and ministering to the people from the, the platform. And I got to know all these you know, musical stars of the contemporary Christian music scene back then. But I noticed that a lot of these musicians back then had very serious issues and problems in their personal lives, their marriages, uh, things like divorce and drug addiction and alcoholism and, and having affairs and all kinds of stuff, that if their audiences or their fans knew about it, they would be horrified. 
So just because they were famous on the contemporary Christian music circuit did not mean they had any spiritual maturity or spiritual qualifications. And again, this is a very serious thing, because especially young people, they automatically put these musical stars up on a pedestal, and they worship them. Not because they have biblical seasoning, they worship them because they have worldly success. And then I learned another principle, and this principle is really a no-brainer, because you see, I'm the guy who would talk to these people's agents. I would talk to their wives. I would talk to them. I would talk to other bands and acts that they associated with. So nobody hid anything from me. I, I learned the dirty, nasty, ugly truth about all these people, and they weren't all bad. They really, they weren't all bad, but some were very immature in the Lord. So. What I learned was that uh, just because you're a great guitarist, you're famous, you used to play. Man, if you used to play with a giant secular band, you know, a big-name secular band, you were worshipped as if you were the Messiah. And you could have still been addicted to coke and meth and everything else, but every word that came out of your mouth was considered by, by Christians to be the oracles or the prophetic words of God. And I forgot this guy's name, because I, because I later on, when I had the Paul McGuire show, the uh, uh, Paul McGuire show that aired like four hours a day, you know, six days a week, at major markets all across the United States of America, I began to interview and have in the studio uh, much more contemporary, super famous, secular, artists with like hard rock and stuff. And there was the lead singer of Korn. Now I knew who Korn was and I was familiar with a bunch of their songs. And I liked their songs, but I was, you know, I wasn't like insanely <clears throat> a fan of them. <clears throat> but when the word <clears throat> excuse me, when the word got out that I was having the lead singer of Korn <clears throat> on the Paul McGuire show. I mean, the L.A. market and the other major markets we were in went ballistic because of the young people. They were going hysterical. It was like the Beatles were here. The Beatles were here. Were here. And this guy, the lead singer of Born, Brian something was his name. I mean, he was a nice guy. He was growing in the Lord. He was honest. He had integrity. But he was not yet ready to be in the ministry. He didn't have his spiritual gifts seasoned and developed. He wasn't yet trained in spiritual warfare and the other things you need to do to be uh, a full-time frontline minister. And that's an important thing to, to understand. So there was also other big-name bands that uh, I had fly in to the Pan Am building, which was right down the street. But a lot of these guys, you know, had serious problems in their lives. That, if you read the Bible, the serious problems they had in their lives disqualified them from ministry. They violated the biblical qualifications for ministry. And so you have to be careful. You can't just idolize somebody because they're famous or assume. See, that's what the world does. The world system, our media psychotic culture, is, is baptized in social media and worldly fame and worldly success, etc., etc., and so they, they give their opinion authoritatively as if they were Moses coming down from the, the mountain with the Ten Commandments. But, but in actuality, they really don't know anything. 
they haven't studied. I looked at these pathetic pictures, and I'm going to say they were pathetic because they are pathetic. And I was, I don't know what I was doing. I was researching, and I landed on the front page of uh, some major news entertainment magazine. And there were pictures. There was a picture of, what's his name? I can't remember his name. He played the Wolf of Wall Street. He made it in the movie, uh, you know, where that giant luxury boat uh, drowns and all the people die. You know who I'm talking about. Forgive me for getting his name, but you know who I'm talking about. Very, very famous actor. Okay? Now, he is considered by Christians and the secular society because of his fame and because of the fact that he has an English accent. He is considered as a guru, as a wise man, as a person that, whatever this person thinks, you want to think like them or him because... He is so super intelligent because he hangs out with only the very refined, the intellectual, the movers and shakers of our global culture. And again, you know who I'm talking about. I just can't remember his name. And then you have the guy. There's a bunch of them. Uh, They're kind of like genetically the reverse of groupies. So this particular guy uh, is the lead singer of U2, Bono. Now, Bono, and I'm not putting the guy down. I like Bono's music. I like U2's music. Yes, it's a little pretentious. and Yes, it's a little self-inflated in the ego area. But I still like his music. I still like Bono's music. And I, I like his music. I mean, I don't love it, but I like it. So having said that, uh, Bono was offered to be part of the World Economic Forum one of their, their chosen few that they developed. So, so the Global Economic Forum, the, the, the globalist elite, the, the uh, uh, most powerful and richest people in the world, select movers and shakers from the film industry, from acting, from rock and roll, from music, from finances, from uh, being an author, and so many other different fields. They pick very talented, creative, savvy people, and then... Uh, they they train them, they groom them uh, to be ambassadors for the World Economic Forum and to be ambassadors for um, the the uh, uh, Great Reset and and to be ambassadors for the Great Reset and Agenda 2030. This this mad dash push for a global government. Now, the problem in handpicking all these superstar celebrities for their leadership role as ambassadors and, and representatives of, of uh, the World Economic Forum and, and Great Reset is that just because these people are famous as musicians or architects or scientists or Nobel Prize winners, just because these people are famous in secular circles, especially media, filmmaking, rock and roll and stuff, that does not equate to any kind of intellectual, scientific, technological substance whatsoever. In other words, what I'm telling you flat out is just because they're superstars and super famous and world travelers does not give them any authority that is even microscopically above the authority of your friends, your mother, your grandfather, or anybody else. They're just like you. So quit putting them up on a pedestal. 
They go to the bathroom, just like you. Don't worry, I'm going to be clean and sanitary. They go to the bathroom, just like you. They use the toilet, just like you. And without getting into the specifics of what they do on the toilet and how they take care of basic hygiene on the toilet, contemplating that, and I know you find that disgusting, but contemplating that for even a couple of seconds should make you very sober as to who you're going to deify and worship as the Messiah, because these people are not messiahs. Did you know that the overwhelming percentage of big-time famous actors and actresses, did you know that the overwhelming percentage of uh, Academy Award winners and Grammy Award winners, did you know that the overwhelming percentage of the big, big superstar directors and actors and musicians don't even have the most minimal high school diploma. These people are so uneducated in comparison to the rest of the country that they don't even possess, at minimum, a high school diploma. And yet people are following them. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, and I may be wrong on this, but I don't think I am. Bill Gates, who's basically considered an authority on just about everything, from medicine to neurological sciences to computers to software technology to to global relations to vaccinations. Bill Gates uh, is probably considered by more people for being famous and wise and intelligent and, and knowing all the answers more than any other person maybe on planet Earth. And despite the fact that he is idolized by millions, as far as I know, Bill Gates doesn't even have a high school diploma, which is the lowest acceptable degree you can get to get a job. So Bill Gates, who was deified by all the groupies, doesn't even have a high school diploma. And yet people are flocking to him like he's some guru and asking him, should I get a vaccination? Should I get my children vaccinations? Now here's the the, the, the atrocity. Bill Gates knows far more than he's letting on. Bill Gates, because he's in the business, and let me emphasize it is a business, Bill Gates is in the business of medical care. The reason that so many of these uh, trillionaires have made more money in this last economic cycle is because the majority of them had a piece of the action of uh, Big Pharma and uh, vaccinations and things of that nature. So Bill Gates <clears throat> really is the man who, who is naked. He's the man who wears no clothes. And I'm going to say it again, because people you know, some of you, worship him. Bill Gates is the man who wears no clothes. He's naked. He's the emperor that wears no clothes. He's naked. He is not an expert on anything. Do you understand that? Just because you're filthy, stinking rich, because you belong to some secret society inner circle, and your father uh, belonged to a secret society inner circle, and your father was handpicked by John Rockefeller to launch uh, all kinds of medical institutions, computer institutions, energy institutions. And by the way, the Rockefellers. Most of them have no qualifications. They have no education or expertise. 
in any of the fields that they're giving people counsel and advice on. Okay, so what does that mean? It means that Bill Gates knows nothing about what he's telling people to do regarding life and death situations. Bill Gates knows nothing about those subjects. And that's a travesty. And yet people, the media interview him as the go-to guy, the guy who has all the knowledge on pandemics and, and vaccinations. He knows nothing about it. Well, you say, he must know something here, wouldn't be so rich. You know, that, that little comment that people make to me all the time, it's a comment that is synonymous with an atrocity. Just because Bill Gates is filthy rich and is a super trillionaire doesn't mean necessarily that the money he has equates to some kind of knowledge and education that he possesses. One has nothing to do with the other. Bill Gates is super wealthy. That doesn't mean he's super educated or super intelligent. It simply means the insiders club, the globalist elite, the Illuminati, the heads of secret societies, selected him and his father to play a leadership role in things like the science of euthanasia, uh, vaccinations, uh, killing off you know, several billion people uh, because they they agree on a collective delusion called uh, uh, Malthusian theory, which was developed by Malthus, a philosopher and clergyman who who wrote uh, a book uh, which uh, boldly stated that the the greatest problem that mankind has right now, our greatest problem that we face as the human race, is uh, the overpopulation that we have. And so these proponents of uh, ending excessive population growth by any means uh, all happen to be eugenicists. What's a eugenicist? A eugenicist is a person who is kind of like a cult member, like a Mooney or a Scientologist. Um, a eugenicist is a cult me- uh, uh, member. Their guru is Malthus, who uh, wrote the book on Malthusian doctrine. The whole thing is a cult, though. The major premise of their cult is they believe that mankind's number one problem, above all else, is uh, excessive population growth, and that excessive population growth is the greatest threat to the human race. Now, that's not a proven fact. It's a theory. And there's a counter-theory and a counter-argument that is incredibly convincing, but you'll never hear about it, because the only way the Bill Gates theory uh, carries the leadership position in our society is because Bill Gates spends trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars of his money and the other super-trillionaire money on advertising campaigns and PR companies and lobbying groups all hired at massive prices to brainwash and indoctrinate the masses that this mythology, euthanasia, is indeed not a mythology. It is a very clear and present danger for the human race. Got it? See how the, see how the game goes? So, so people in America perceive that if you're super rich, you must also be super intelligent. That equation that people... Uh, codify in their brain 
is not true. Just because you're super wealthy does not mean you're an expert in all the fields that people tell you you're an expert in. And many of these people are complete morons and idiots. They don't have a high school degree, and yet they're told by the media and global leaders because of their fabulous wealth that they are the super billionaires. So these people right now are in a position of leading and guiding the human race. They're the ones with a vision for the human race in the future. And that vision is called the transhumanist vision or the transhumanist revolution. These trillionaires like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates, and you go down the list of all these super tech billionaires and super energy billionaires and the Rothschilds and, and the whole group of them, they have credible financial muscle. So Bill Gates and, and the majority of them didn't make their money the old-fashioned way through prudent investments, research, and knowledge. They accumulated and exponentially grew their wealth based on taking the advice of their mentors, these super-intelligent, money-making trillionaire families, who these guys didn't have to pull themselves up with the bootstraps. They were given money under the table to invest it in the right companies at the right time, like the computer companies. And people assume, because you know, you're the inventor of Microsoft or whatever, that you're a super genius. But that is not true. So we have the entire human race, our entire governmental structures in America and the rest of the world and the European Union and the United Nations. We have the entire future of the world, the entire future of planet Earth, is now in the hands of a very tiny handful of super trillionaires uh, uh, that own uh, countless trillions of dollars because it was given to them. They didn't have to earn it. So this class of super trillionaires is multiplying their wealth, and people assume because they're associated with Microsoft and Apple or whatever the latest and greatest tech company is, that these people are super geniuses. They're not super geniuses. So let's have a reality check. Let's have a virtual reality check. Let's have a metaverse reality check, and let's look at reality. There was a very famous engineer. His name was Buckminster Fuller. He was the designer of the geodesic dome, one of the most powerful and cost-efficient building structures ever designed. And because of his genius invention of the uh, geodesic dome, and because he coined the term Spaceship Earth, referring to the limited sustainability of Spaceship Earth, he is crowned, uh, Buckminster Fuller, with the title of uh, the, the creator uh, of the concept called Spaceship Earth, and that Earth is like a spaceship, and it has limited resources, and if we don't steward those limited resources on Spaceship Earth properly, we will go belly up into the cosmos, and we will die of mass starvation, overpopulation, and all these other horrors. So, okay, let's, let's go back to the beginning here. So who is leading the human race right now? Is it the most qualified? Is it the most intelligent? Is it the people that really know economics, that really know uh, computer science, that really know artificial intelligence, 
that really know psychology and psychiatry? Are these the people that are the leaders of planet Earth right now? No, they're not. The people who are the smartest are not necessarily the wealthiest. And the people that, that who do have the qualifications, or at least many of the qualifications, for leading the human race into the future are, for the most part, percentage-wise, a demographic group that consists of a highly uneducated, highly ignorant, and, to be blunt, highly stupid uh, uh, demographic of the human race. So we have that dangerous percentage of human beings who believe in their uh, self-delusions. They believe that they're super smart movers and shakers and that they have the right to lead the human race into the future. But that just is not true. Not true at all. And so we are being led into the future by a, a planet Earth or a spaceship of fools. We're being led into the future by a spaceship of fools, men and women who simply have made trillions of dollars that they didn't really make, and who are tech giants, who, who may know something about the latest and greatest technology. And so, this doesn't qualify them to be the visionaries, the statesmen, the, the, the scientists, the technologists, the, the, the people who are supposed to guide us into the future. And on top of that, these men have a horrible, conspicuous absence along with a total black hole or a total void in their inner personalities. They have a total void of deep knowledge over a a vast spectrum of diverse fields. As such, they're completely unqualified to lead the world, never mind our nation, into the future. I mean, look at them. Look at the way they behave. Look at the way that Bill Gates behaves. And don't tell me he has some neurological problem. He may have a neurological problem. But but would you trust a guy like that to be the teacher of your children? His neurological body movements, the way he behaves, the way his brain works, it's like it's like he's not all there. And and this is the worst part of all, is that the majority of these kings and queens of planet Earth, the majority of them, the ones that are the super trillionaires and the super billionaires, these are the the ones that, even though they're the, the richest people on planet Earth, they're the richest and most powerful people on planet Earth, but they have uh, no credentials and no knowledge and expertise to lead this world into the future. And this is criminal. We have a total void of knowledge and understanding, people who aspire to be the kings and queens of planet Earth, but in fact that they're they're some of the dumbest people on planet Earth. So we have a crisis in leadership. Now this is the worst part of the crisis in leadership. The worst part is this. Perhaps the most important qualification and learning zone in becoming a true leader is the following. A a true leader 
someone who has the expertise and extraordinary qualifications for being a true leader should always possess a deep moral, ethical, and biblical spiritual reservoir of truth and practicality upon which they can draw uh, resources and draw from to, to get answers. Men and women who are great with computers and rockets and Amazon and, you know, pricey health food places and, and delivering pizzas uh, to your car, you know, that's, that's a skill set. It's an important one. That's what you would call a, an administration uh, managerial marketing skill set. Just because you have a managerial marketing uh, skill set does not mean that you have the skill set that is necessary for you to to lead a nation and a world in the future. Because the the highest level skill set and knowledge and pedigree that is totally necessary, you can't do without it, that is totally necessary for outstanding leadership is this. Anyone who aspires to be an an outstanding leader, and anyone who was an outstanding leader in human history, always had an enormous amount of knowledge and wisdom in the following skill set. And I'll spell it out to you. The real leaders and visionaries of the most advanced and effective societies in the history of the human race have always been those men and women who possess the most powerful, the most knowledgeable, the most robust spiritual, biblical wisdom. They have a knowledge of diverse spirituality, but especially they have a knowledge of the Word of God and the Bible. They have a moral base, an ethical base that is impeccable. Their ability to make moral ethical decisions is off the charts. They are humanitarians in every sense of the word. And there's a difference between people who I call posers and people who are genuine humanitarian. Posers are people who run around in trendy jeans, trendy running shoes, trendy sunglasses, trendy sports cars, and love like like a paparazzi addict. They love to be photographed. Uh, as they're doing all their good deeds. But their real motive in, in, in doing the good deeds has nothing to do. What's driving them to do the good deeds is not the fact that they're anchored in a deep moral base. It has to do with the fact that they're anchored into an addictive component, kind of like a gambling addiction, where they have this compulsion to be seen in public, constantly getting photographed, uh, of appearing to do nice things and carrying out uh, good humanitarian agendas. Now, there is a night and day difference between people who are actually doing good things and are actually accomplishing good things and the people who are simply going through the motions and posing. All right, you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. Together, you and I, we have a humble task, and we're not going to shirk from it. Our humble task collectively is you and I are among those who have purposed in their heart that we are going to change the world. 
we together are going to ignite and initiate a spiritual revolution that will sweep America, sweep the world, sweep the United Nations. And we recognize as fellow visionaries, we recognize as fellow uh, humanitarians, we, we recognize as fellow believers in the only true God, the, the infinite personal living God of the universe, we recognize that, as the great French philosopher said about the real reason for America's greatness, and the French philosopher said the real reason for America's greatness has to do with the greatness of America's church. And so this French philosopher was simply saying, it is because of America's deep spirituality, and it's because of America's robust faith that is founded in its Christian churches. It is those are the causative reasons for America being a great nature nation. If you chuck uh, uh, Christianity out of the moral fabric of America, America ceases to be great, and America ceases to be good. And that's where we are today in America. We have a generation after generation of of men that were featured in the Wizard of Oz. Okay? We don't have real men and women as leaders. We have the Tin Man as a leader. We have um, the, the, the man stuffed with straw as a leader, the straw man, the tin man. Uh, and we have other leaders like, like the wizard and what the tin man and the Wizard of Oz and these other pop culture figures have in common <clears throat> is that all of these so-called leaders are image over image and style over depth and uh, uh, a deep morality and integrity. A deep morality and integrity is essential to being a powerful leader. So the people that America gravitates to and are fooled into thinking that these types of men and women are, are great leaders and great visionaries are people that dress with the right clothes. They have the right haircut. They have the right sports car. They have the right personal trainer. Everything is about image, and image always triumphs over substance. These people are not people that, that have deep core values. They don't have vision. They don't have a futuristic understanding of our global society and how it integrates with Bible prophecy. They are absent of these deeper qualities. And as such, they are incapable of leading us boldly into the future. So I want to I pause, but yet move forward right here. In the book of Acts, first of all, I want to say this with everything in me. And I want you to go to paulmcguire.us, that's paulmcguire.us, and grab yourself a copy of Power from on High while it's at a financial discount. Uh, grab yourself a copy and get a financial discount on the other books available at paulmcguire.us. And then help finance this ministry with your donations, contributions, and gifts. Okay, so this is the game plan that God has for us. When you read the uh, book of Acts, chapter 2, when you read Joel, chapter 2, 
You read about how in the last days, that's now we're in the last days, God is pouring out his spirit on all flesh. Okay? God is pouring out his Holy Spirit on all flesh in the last days. Now that means God is pouring out his Holy Spirit, the dunamis, the explosive dynamite force of God. God is pouring it out on men and women in the last days, and all those that would be leaders in the last days. And God's people are commanded by Jesus Christ to cry out to God, to call out to God in prayer, to to actually repent, not fake repent, to cry out to God in prayer and ask God to clothe them with power from on high and ask God to pour out his Holy Spirit upon them. So these spiritual factors are imperative and all important in producing genuine biblical leaders, genuine uh, uh, people that have vision and and leadership abilities versus counterfeit leaders and, and counterfeit visionaries. So when a man or a woman cries out to God and reads the Word of God and meditates in the Word of God and cries out to God, when that happens, God makes a promise that he will clothe those individuals with power from on high, which means the dunamis, dynamite, explosive power of God. So what that means is that it is impossible for you to lead God's people at the, at the level and the vision that he expects out of you. It is impossible for you to lead on the level that God expects for you. It is impossible for you to have the vision that God expects for you to have if you're minus or you don't have the all-important asset of being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, of being clothed with the power of on high. Because without the Holy Spirit, you can do nothing. Without the Holy Spirit, you have a vacuum inside and you can't be knowledgeable because wisdom comes from the Spirit of God. Let me say that again. Wisdom comes from the Spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit of God that imparts wisdom into God's people. So if you aspire to be an authentic and effective visionary and Christian leader, you first and foremost must receive by faith and possess by faith supernatural wisdom. Supernatural wisdom. You must have it. So if you want to change the world and defeat the enemies of God and overcome the powers of darkness, What does it say in the book of Proverbs? It says it over and over again, that above all, above all, you must gain wisdom. So above all, you must gain wisdom. By crying out to God, by meditating in his word, you must gain wisdom. And God promises to all those that cry out to him, God promises to clothe those people with power from on high, fill them with supernatural knowledge and wisdom, And you'll notice in Joel chapter 2 and Acts chapter 2 that the early disciples and the Christian leaders, they had the unique experience where God actually poured out his Holy Spirit on them in the last days, both in Joel chapter 2 and in uh, uh, Acts chapter 2. God pours his Holy Spirit out upon them in the last days. And 
you know, you read the, the passages of dreams being given to God's leaders, to uh, visions being given to God's leaders, uh, visions and dreams and other supernatural areas of practical revelation. So what are we missing here on planet Earth or spaceship Earth right now more than any other commodity, more than any other asset on planet Earth that we critically and desperately lack? What we lack the most of is we are in critical desperation of lacking the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of knowledge. We lack the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of knowledge. Now, if we would humble ourselves before God and seek his face, God would pour out upon us as individuals his supernatural wisdom and his supernatural knowledge. Because it's only when we receive the Holy Spirit or power from on high that we are filled with the supernatural knowledge and wisdom that is a prerequisite for ruling and reigning in the knowledge of God and with the mind of Christ. So, here we are, we have the Christian Church, we have millions of Christians, millions of atheists, Hindus, Muslims, we have global economic crisis, we have a global potential of World War III, we have the prospect or the possibility of a global economic crisis, we, we have inflammatory crisis points ready to erupt everywhere on planet Earth. And, and, and what is needed above and beyond anything else is that we need God to raise up men and w- women of incredible supernatural knowledge, supernatural wisdom, and we need God to pour out his Holy Spirit, a spirit of wisdom, a spirit of vision, uh, upon his leaders and his people. Why? Because God teaches us in his word that without uh, wisdom, my people perish or self-destruct, or without vision, without vision, my people perish. So here on Spaceship Earth, we are in we are in a time zone where there is a dramatic tension and a balance of the electromagnetic frequencies of the planet in their orbits, the planetary adjustments happening on planet Earth due to the increase or decrease of energy flow systems, the, the, the new uh, technologies that we are being forced to grapple with, like AI uh, technology and uh, artificial DNA or synthetic DNA technology. And all of these new technologies make it imperative for us to have leaders that have the supernatural knowledge and wisdom, and yes, most of all, vision to guide us boldly into the future without fear, to guide us into the future and build a life that's worth building, uh, create a future that's worth creating. But have you noticed? Have you noticed that our world, America, the global community, and um, the 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 future that's coming upon us really quickly. Have you noticed that there is a that there is a crisis mode, a desperate void of true leadership, which provides vision? Because remember, God's word says, "Without vision, 
my people perish. Now, the people who should have more vision than any other people group on planet Earth should be any legitimate, true Christian who is filled with the Holy Spirit or has the Holy Spirit of God in them. When a man or a woman has power from on high in their inner being, and along with that power from on high in their inner being, they have from the Spirit of God and the Word of God knowledge and wisdom, we now have formidable leaders on the level of uh, Joseph and David and Solomon and all, and all the others. So what we need now more than anything else is for leaders to step on the world stage who have been anointed by God for leadership with uh, wisdom and vision at an unparalleled level. Now, one final thing, one final thing. This will not happen unless God's people go into ferocious spiritual warfare where they choose, you choose and I choose, to contend with the principalities and powers, the dark, unseen forces of wickedness in heavenly places. When we choose to contend or battle in the spiritual realm, that dislodges the spiritual dark strongholds that are blocking the power flow or the dunamis or the dynamite power of God that is waiting, that is waiting to flood into this earth, waiting to flood into our institutions, waiting to flood into our churches. And when that happens, we will see a transformation where the dunamis dynamite power of God in an explosion will ignite a third and biblical great awakening. This is Paul McGuire. I need your help communicating this message far and wide. I need you to help me finance this spiritual warfare, and I need you to help me to spread our links far and wide. I need you to go to the Lord and pray and ask him, God, what would you have me give financially? Paul McGuire Ministries and Paradise Mountain Church. And whatever God tells you to give, give. And remember, without vision, the people perish. So above all, we need to seize and apprehend vision. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. <music>